Welcome everybody back into Down the Line. As always, I'm your host Carson Breber and we are now through one week of the US Open, which is very strangely just the second Grand Slam of the 2020 season, but we're a week in and it's been pretty fun thus far. Uh, haven't been all too many shocking results and we are still leading up to some of the big star on star clashes, but nevertheless, a week through Grand Slam Tennis, and that is pretty significant. So today, I'm just going to be running down some of my thoughts, some of my takeaways from week one of the U.S. Open, and really emphasizing players who have been really impressive and are still alive. So the fourth round has begun. The only match that has been completed as of the time that I'm recording this is Jennifer Brady uh, versus Angelique Kerber. Brady won that one, one and four. So that's all we're through right now. In case anything crazy happens in the time that I'm recording this, which I doubt, just keep that in mind. So the first guy I want to talk about is Stefano Tsitsipas because I mentioned how there hadn't been all that many shocking results. Most of the top players have stayed alive. This to me is by far the most disappointing because up two sets to one, up 5-1 on Borna Chorich, had six match points in the fourth set, blew them all, still had another set to work with, wasn't able to salvage that opportunity, but... I think obviously the key here is the match points because you're talking about a guy who's 22 years old, still strengthening himself mentally, but he played those six match points exceptionally poorly. Didn't make Chorich work for a single one, and he wasn't even attacking. He was just mishitting. Balls were flying all over the place, and it's really inexcusable, especially when you consider this is a guy who's you know hitting heavy topspin strokes with generally margin for error, and for whatever reason... I mean, he genuinely mishit most of these balls pretty noticeably. And that's inexcusable. You know, as I mentioned, only 22 years old. So obviously, especially as the age at which people break through is becoming later and later, you have to adjust your expectations to consider that. But he's been a top 10 guy for, you know, almost two years now. Hasn't gotten to the second week of any of his last four slams and is four and four over his last four slams with two first round losses. Now, of course, this is something that everyone from the younger generation has struggled with, just putting up consistent results in slams. Obviously, Zverev being the prime example of that. Dominic Team, who's a bit older, but has really struggled in slams outside of the French uh, up until this year when he made the final at the Australian. But that doesn't just excuse Sitsipas because these guys have the expectation of someday contending to be world number one. And they are certainly not putting themselves in a position to take that spot from any of members of the big three. Uh, and I'm not sure that Tsitsipas has what it takes to ever get there. In fact, I would bet against it, and that's not just predicated upon the mental struggles because a 22-year-old can overcome those. I do think it was pretty alarming, again, how poorly he played those match points and how outwardly frustrated he was. He was really visibly upset and getting angry at himself before he had even blown all the opportunities. Now, once you've blown six match points and Chorch breaks you back and he wins that set, Obviously, that is an incredibly frustrating situation, but, you know, when you're having game points, match points, and you go back to deuce after losing one of those, that's really not the kind of time that you want to scream at the top of your lungs because, you know, as every coach will tell you throughout your tennis career, that's just feeding your opponent. That's just building their confidence. So, I do think we still need to see more development on the mental side from Tsitsipas. Only 34 and 26 in deciding sets over his career, about 56.7% winning. That's 7% below his typical winning percentage. He's 1-3 in three and 5 setters, a very small sample size. But I just think when you're talking about these guys who have to go out there and win slams, obviously 
It's not just talent. It's not just natural ability. It's ridiculous mental toughness. And I think that that has been the theme of the year with Novak Djokovic. It doesn't matter if he has his best tennis that day because he's tougher than you mentally and he's going to find it when he needs it. And Tsitsipas was the exact opposite of that against Chorich. And I think that throughout his career, albeit a young career, he hasn't consistently shown that he has that gear, that he has that mental toughness, and that he can grit out those wins against people who he's better than, even if he's not having his best day. So... Uh, I think that this was a concerning performance from him. He'll have a chance to redeem himself in the French potentially. And of course, listen, he has plenty of years to go to continue to build his resume and to disprove this notion. But as of now, I think that the resume speaks for itself a bit. And maybe what we're seeing is just guys are never going to break through in their teens again. But I really don't think that's it. Uh, because, you know, we have a long precedent in this sport of guys breaking through at 18, 19 years old and becoming you know, some of the best players in the world. And just because we haven't seen that lately, I don't think means that it's not going to happen again. I just think that we are dealing with, at the same time, an exceptionally dominant generation, obviously by far the most dominant ever, and a, a group of guys that's just kind of eh in the scope of things. You know, if if there were any truly phenomenal talents in this generation, they would have taken a slam by now because Chilich has a slam, Vavrinka has a slam, Del Potro has a slam, Murray has three slams, and... They've all been able to get in there and get theirs, and these young guys just haven't. So that's really all I have to say about Boss. More than anything, I was just disappointed and a bit concerned. One big takeaway I have on the men's side is that I think we're setting up for a Djokovic-Medvedev clash in the final. And that's what I predicted before this tournament. That has only been affirmed throughout this process because besides losing a first set tiebreak to Kyle Edmund, which is weird because Djokovic hasn't lost one of those in many, many moons, he has been completely dominant. Medvedev has been dominant on another level. Hasn't lost more than nine games in a match yet. And he has had a super easy draw. Uh, but still, that is a really high level of dominance. And of course, it's because the guy just doesn't beat himself. If you look at him versus the mulleted J.J. Wolf, he had 10 total unforced errors versus 13 aces. More aces than unforced errors. And it's just so easy for him against those kind of guys to just not miss, to be willing to play defense the whole time. And then obviously he gets so many free points off his serve. On the bottom half of the draw with Medvedev, Dominic team definitely looks good too. Just had a nice win over Marin Cilic in four. I actually predicted pre-tournament that Cilic would upset team. So... I was wrong there, but I do think on hard, considering the form they're in, this is a favorable matchup for Medvedev. Last time they played on hard uh, in Canada, 2019, Medvedev just destroyed team three and one. And I think that that makes sense because obviously Medvedev is extremely difficult to break. And then he just throws so much junk, so much variety and pace, so much unpredictability. And unless you are really in that big three tier, that's incredibly difficult to beat. Now, Team is obviously a great striker of the ball, but I do think when a guy can flatten the ball out and hit harder than you and is also willing to throw all these slices and these weird low balls and play defense against you, I just think that that's an incredibly difficult adjustment for anyone to make. And I think that that's why even if you look at him against Djokovic, he's played him really tight in their matchups thus far. So I just think that Medvedev with Rafa and Fed out is certainly the second best hardcourt player in the world. Although, of course, it was team, not him, that was in the finals of the Australian Open. I don't necessarily expect that trend to continue. Now, as I said, I think that there's a certain degree of certainty on the men's side with at least who will be in that conversation. I think that clearly Djokovic, team, Medvedev are the three best players in this tournament. On the women's side, it's the complete opposite. We just need to expect chaos at this point. Entered this tournament already missing five of the top seven players in the world. 
That's obviously highly notable. Osaka is clearly to me the best talent left, but she's gone three sets twice in her first three matches, not necessarily against the best opponents, and she's always slightly unpredictable. She was my pick to win the tournament, despite the fact that she was coming off of a minor injury that uh, forced her to withdraw from the final in Cincinnati, but I have faith in her. At the same time, I could see her losing at any second, just because you never really know with her. And then Serena, clearly not herself, has been struggling ever since the tour came back, having to gut out a lot of really tough matches. We just saw another one against Sloane Stevens, and I just don't expect her to contend for slams right now. Maybe Kennan is the best bet. Obviously, the reigning Australian Open champion. She's looked really good through three matches, so maybe she should be the favorite to win her second straight slam. It's hard for me to elevate her to that status just because that's a really difficult thing to do for someone who, although she was really good last year, is unproven as a dominant force in the sport and didn't even necessarily follow up the Australian Open in dominant form over her next few tournaments. But my point is just if Sakari, if Azarenka, if someone of that tier makes a push for the final and those are two women who have been playing really, really well, not just in this tournament but also lately, I wouldn't be shocked. Because when you take five of the top seven players out of the sport, including Andreescu, who to me would have been the favorite if she had been healthy, including Ashley Barty, Simona Halep, a couple of the most consistent forces on tour, Pliskova goes down early, you just continue to weed out the reliable, dependable talents, and then you know, you're know you left with Osaka and Serena, tremendous talents, who Serena is just not at her best right now, and Osaka after winning back-to-back slams, hasn't made it back to the quarters since then, so you just never know with her. So, lots of unpredictability on the women's side. One more thing I do want to shout out on the men's side is that obviously we've had some really great performances from a lot of young guys. You know, if it's Felix Ojaliasim, Denis Shapovalov, Alex Dimonar, really talented young guys, none of whom have ever made the quarterfinals at a slam, none of whom have had their best years thus far. Shapovalov has really struggled and I've continually put my faith in him to produce just because I think he's the most talented of any of the younger generation guys that includes Dominic Team, whoever else you want to throw in there Medvedev I think that Shapovalov has the most talent and the most potential to be a world number one dominant force but he entered this tournament five and eight on the year Felix has had mixed results Dimonar has barely played due to injury so to see all these guys having potentially career best results at a slam is really encouraging to me and is obviously more than anything else really exciting because again we continue to wait for the young tier of guys to break through and it hasn't happened through all these years and this is a batch of guys who I can really see pulling it off so on that note I'm just going to talk about a bunch of individual people who have really impressed me thus far and the first one is Felix Ojaliasim because this is a guy who had only gotten out of the first round of one slam before this and he has been completely dominant he's been broken once in three matches faced six total break points over three best of five matches to me the most impressive was his performance against Andy Murray who I think is playing pretty well right now Felix did not face a break point had 52 winners in three sets to Murray's nine he looks overpowering right now he is completely dominant his serve is going That's an unbelievable weapon that he has. His forehand is insane right now. He's cracking it from everywhere. He was just pulverizing Murray's second serves whenever he could. And this is the best I've ever seen him. And this is a tremendously talented player. At just 20 now, this would be a big result for him if he could keep this momentum going. And I'll be honest, I am predicting that he upsets Dominic Team Now, 
Is that a bit radical? Yes. Part of it is because I predicted the team would not make the quarters before this tournament started because I predicted the Chilich upset, and I want to stick with this. But I really do think that Felix right now is in the form of tennis where he can overpower even a guy like Dominic Team, and, you know, he doesn't make all that many mistakes. Now, when he's flattening it out as much as he is right now, when he's going for as much, he's going to make a few more, but also there's a reason he has that confidence. It's because overwhelmingly it's working out for him, and for a guy who entered this tournament just 14-10 and 10 on the year, having had mixed results, really not having had the breakout season that you would have expected considering how good he was last year as a teenager, this is really encouraging stuff. My expectation for him was to end the year as a top 10 player in the world, and right now he's sitting at number 21. These are the kind of tournaments, this is the kind of tennis that will move him up into that top 10 tier where I think he belongs, and that's a lot to expect of someone who's 20 years old, but... You know, with great talent comes great expectations. On the women's side, and I mentioned her earlier, Jennifer Brady is playing unbelievable tennis right now. The, her second set against Kerber was the first time she's been pushed to 6-4 in this tournament through four matches. She just obliterated CC Bellis 1-2. and two. I haven't seen the Kerber match. Uh, I'm interested in watching some of that and seeing how that all transpired, but... She's won nine of her last 10 matches now, including, of course, the title in the top seed open. And it's really interesting for me to see some of these players on the women's side who at 25, 26 years old are really starting to assert themselves. I think particularly of Anz Jabor, who to me is tremendously talented, an incredible competitor who can hit the hell out of the ball. And she just wasn't on anyone's radar until the Australian Open of this year. And now she's a seed in this tournament. Same thing with Jennifer Brady. She's 25, and maybe you wouldn't consider this a full-on breakthrough, but it certainly is for her, 14-6 and six on this year now, and this is someone who had never been in the top 50 before this year, who is now in the quarters of a slam and is very clearly one of the eight best players in this tournament right now. She is pushing people around from the baseline, and she is a heck of a competitor. She can just overpower you right now as well. So she's been a lot of fun to watch. I think that this is just another demonstration of how incredible American women's tennis is you have so many people in in the depths that can just come out and have a performance like this because they are just unmatched as far as the depth of tennis talent right now another woman who has been really impressive Victoria Azarenka and I mentioned her earlier as well nobody can touch her right now and it's pretty incredible because for someone who has struggled to really consistently stay on tour over the last few years and even more than that consistently put together the kind of results that we would expect from someone with her resume, a former world number one, a former Grand Slam champion who really isn't all that old, uh, she has been fantastic. Obviously won the title in Cincinnati thanks to a withdrawal from uh, Naomi Osaka, as I mentioned earlier, but if you look at the form that she's been in, She's just not beating herself. 16 total unforced errors in her first two matches combined has won 1-2, and 1-3, and three, and 4-2. And, and if you look at her performance against Sabalenka, who is the five seed in this tournament, now admittedly that's due to a lot of people uh, not being in the field, but she still had a really good season. She won nine of her first 10 games in that match. Just blew her off the court, obliterated her. So in a wide open field, as I mentioned earlier, I would not be surprised if we saw her have her best slam result in a long time, maybe get to the final. In the fourth round, she is Muchova. If she doesn't win that, I would be pretty surprised because she's clearly the superior player right now in that matchup. Then she has probably Ken in the quarters. I'm not going to say that's easy, but if you can get through that, 
And then you're probably either facing Sakari or a Serena who's not at her best. I don't know. I'm not saying that it's probable, but I certainly am saying that it's possible because she's playing great tennis right now. And this is someone whose peak form, as we've seen, is really near the top of this sport. Someone who's not quite in that tier, but I still feel like has always been, has always had the potential to do more than he has is Vashek Pospisil, who is just fired up and motivated right now. He's been pulling out magic all year. He's had some incredible upsets on this season, you know, obviously beating Daniil Medvedev, getting to the finals of, I want to say it was Rotterdam. This guy is no stranger to just being able to pull out a really high level of tennis and beat guys who are obviously much higher ranked players. But at 30 years old, considering the debilitating injuries that he's been through, Started this year well outside of the top 100, and he's going to just continue to move up in those rankings, and it's really attack of the Canadians right now, because we have Shapovalov and Felix as a couple of guys who have been really impressive in this tournament. Milos Raonic, obviously, I think would be there if he hadn't been defeated by Pospisil himself, and that's an incredible win, because Raonic entered this tournament as one of like the top five favorites to win it. Now, obviously, there's one overwhelming favorite, but because of his performance in Cincinnati, because of the form that he's been in all year... Raonic was a guy in those conversations, and Pospisil just took him out. Then he took out Roberto Batista Gut, who's been another guy who's had a tremendous season, was also a semifinalist last week, obviously started the year 6-0 in the ATP Cup, and Pospisil is just overpowering these guys. 62 aces through three matches, his serve is working right now, and he's one of my favorite players to watch because he's so unique. You're talking about a guy who serve and volleys somewhat regularly by choice, uh, and just crushes the ball. Hits it so hard, so flat from the ground from both sides. And going up against Alex Dimonar next, who is another guy that I've been really happy to see have this success just because he looked so great in the ATP Cup and obviously had a tremendous season last year and is a super young, super talented guy. I feel like Pospisil can win that because he he imposes his will on the match. He attacks, he gets to the net, he finishes points, now, of course, that's all when he's at his best. There's a reason that this is a guy who has not been a uh, perennial top 20 player or anything like that, or I don't even know if he's ever been in the top 20. I don't think that he has. Career high ranking of 25. But he is a tremendously talented player who should have had more success in his career thus far. Maybe he gets a second wind here because this is the best form we've seen him in, if not ever, then in a very long time. You look at some of the wins that he has this year over Gofan, over Shapovalov, over, as I mentioned, Medvedev, um, and now within this tournament, Batista Gut, Raonic, that's really impressive stuff from him, and it's been very fun to watch. Another guy who I want to shout out, Francis Tiafo. Now, Tiafo is an incredibly strange player. I can't say that I really buy into him as a talent. He's had really inconsistent results throughout this season. Uh, obviously, did make the quarterfinals of the Australian last year, which was exciting, but entered this tournament just 2-6 and six on the year, and I don't love his strokes. I don't think he necessarily has as much of a weapon as a guy like Taylor Fritz to compare him to another young American, um, but he's shown some really impressive guts in this tournament. Gutted out a win versus John Millman, who to me is probably the superior player, is the more reliable player at the very least, came back from down two sets to one in that much to get that win, and then Against Fuksovics, who I think is really good, Tiafo played one of the best matches I've ever seen from him. Just controlled that match from the jump, dismantled him in three easy sets, was patient, uh, but still dictated, 
and was moving him around the court, was limiting his mistakes to a certain extent. That was really impressive from him. Now, up next, he's against Daniil Medvedev, where I really do not like his chances at all because I think that Medvedev can outserve, outhit, outmove, outdefend. <laughs> he's just better than Tiafo in every single facet of the game, tougher mentally, I think. So that's probably the end of the road here, but I do think that Tiafo deserves, again, tremendous credit for what he's been able to accomplish in this tournament because at the end of the day, he's now the 22-year-old American who has the two best results in slams. He's the only one of them who's made the quarterfinals. And, you know, Fritz, Tommy Paul, maybe Fritz has made a fourth round. Tommy Paul definitely hasn't. Um, Mackie McDonald has made one fourth round at Wimbledon a couple years ago. But if Tiafo's able to play his best in the biggest spots, then maybe that is something that deserves a little bit more looking into. And maybe that's something that he deserves more credit for. Because I have been, for the most part, critical of him just because I don't think he's been consistent enough. And I don't think he's really the best talent of the bunch, but, you know, he's putting together these results right now, and he is the last one standing, he's lasted longer than Opelka, Tommy Paul, Taylor Fritz, guys who have been having really tremendous seasons, and even though he hasn't, he is the one still alive. Another American who I want to shout out now on the women's side is Sophia Kennan, and maybe she's not the typical kind of person on this list, because I'm talking about people who have really impressed me in this tournament, and you would kind of think the expectation for her is at the very least to get to the fourth round as the second seed in this tournament. And, you know, I think that there's obviously some truth to that. But for me personally, as good as she is, even though, you know, not only is she the reigning Australian Open champion, I picked her to beat Muguruza way back when. I've just been a bit skeptical of her ability to defend her crown as a 21-year-old who again, struggled in a couple of her results after the Australian, did end up picking another, picking up another title eventually, but had a couple of early exits. And I saw her matchup against Jabour looming in the third round, and I thought that's really troubling because Jabour has been an unbelievable player this year, and they had a battle in the Australian Open, but Jabour has been the better player since then as far as results go. And I think that Kennan's win reminded me of just how mentally tough she is because she comes back from a breakdown in the first and manages to win that set in a tie break. Then goes up a break in the second, gives it up, and keep in mind this is against Jabour, who is not someone who goes down easily, who fights, who who can dictate the match just by overwhelming people with her power. And even though she gave up a break, then Kennan came back, got that break back, and finished off Jabour. And that, to me... Gave me the confidence that that I needed. It, I think, was a really underratedly impressive result because Jabor to me is one of the five most dangerous people or was in this incredibly strange draw. And now if you look at the road for Kennan, it's Mertens and then it's probably Azarenka. You know, she is to me, besides Osaka, got to be the favorite to win this tournament now. And I already talked about that earlier. Maybe Osaka could fall off the face of the earth at any time. I just think Kennan is really solid right now. She's incredibly mentally tough. And I think that we are really looking at a star now because although I don't think that she's the most overwhelming talent of the young Americans, I look at someone like, you know, Coco Goff. I look at someone like Amanda Nisimova. Even if you look back to people who aren't all that young anymore, someone like Madison Keys probably pops off the court a little bit more just because of her power. If you want to look at another North American, Bianca Andreescu, to me, is unequivocally the best talent of the bunch. 
But Cannon is now the one who has the slam title to her name, as does Andreescu, but Cannon's out there competing for another right now. And if she wins two slams this year, I don't know how much of an asterisk there will be by this one on the women's side. On the men's side, I really don't think there should be one. But on the women's side, just because, again, five of the top seven players aren't there, um, that's something to consider. But if in her 21-year-old season, she wins two slam titles, that is historically impressive stuff and we would be we would be setting up for some conversations that I was not ready to have before this season about Sophia Kennan if I was gonna you know if you were gonna ask me which young woman is gonna win multiple slams this year it would have been Andreescu Osaka would not have been Kennan the last person I want to shout out as having been really impressive this tournament is Shapovalov who I mentioned already uh, it has not been smooth he's gone at least four sets in every match he was in a very precarious position against Taylor Fritz, down two sets to one, down 5-2 in the fourth set, but he really fought from there mentally. And that's why this has been impressive for me from Shapovalov, because the talent is immeasurable. The talent is always there, but it's a matter of putting it together when he needs to, playing his best on the biggest points, and being mentally tough enough. And that's huge for this guy right now, because again, he entered this tournament 5-8 and eight on the year. He's only... 21 years old, so now you look at his next matchup against a guy like Goffin, who he has the talent to beat. Obviously, Goffin is the more composed veteran player. Shabovalov has to feel a lot better going into that match now, knowing that he can gut out these kinds of wins. And yes, Taylor Fritz is not quite the player Goffin is, I guess, although he's probably having the better season and certainly looks very good right now. Taylor Fritz deserves to be commended for the level of tennis he's playing at. Um, I just feel like that's huge for Shapovalov's confidence and for a guy who I think should be competing for slam titles very soon. That's big. Another guy who, like Felix, I thought should have been in the top 10 by the end of this year, has not made that progress at all, has had a really disappointing season. He will meet Djokovic in the quarterfinals, so he's probably not going to go out and win the U.S. Open this year, but getting there when he's never done that before is huge. So we're in week two now. I will definitely do a podcast before the final sort of previewing, giving my thoughts there, talking about what has happened from now until then. Uh, I will continue to make my match picks on our Twitter at down the line underscore underscore underscore. You can see all of my fourth round picks there. Really not that much has changed as far as my predictions, except for Muguruza being eliminated um, because I had her going to the finals. I also had Tsitsipas going to the semis on, on my men's predictions, but I was pretty skeptical of that to begin with. It's just because I wasn't all that confident in uh, anyone being talented enough to take him out. So that's going to do it for us here today. We have another week of excellent tennis ahead of us, and uh, I'm excited to watch that and then talk about it once it's all over and have some big takeaways because this is a huge tournament that's going to have historical implications, and it's it's great to have that right now when we haven't had any tennis at all for so long. So I've been Carson Brabber. This was Down the Line.